welcome back to I'm Trying the Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Feigels, and I am so excited to bring you today's guest. Maddie Ireland is a phenomenal home cook and quite the presence on Instagram and TikTok with her viral, for good reason, recipes and reels. But beyond all of the food that, granted, is amazing on its own, she is also a extremely fascinating, amazing, beautiful human being of a person. Uh, She has such a just, I don't know, I think there's this mutual energy that I feel we have, me and her, and probably most of you listening, right, where we're on this like soul-searching journey in our 20s. And what I love about Maddie is that she shares very openly about this on her stories And the entire essence of this podcast, if you're new here, hi, welcome, I'm trying is all about these reminders that nobody has it figured out. (laughs) We're all just trying day by day, season by season. We might figure things out for a bit and then things shift, life changes as it does. And next thing you know, we're just trying in a whole new way. And Maddie and me and all of you like we all have our things that come up for us and maybe it's related to food and diet and body image or maybe it's related to our relationship with others or work self-worth confidence like limiting beliefs depression anxiety the list goes on and on right (laughs) unfortunately so of things that we're probably struggling with or trying to just work on and I think this episode is a really good portrayal of what it looks like to have just sort of like a bit of it, a bit of both, right? So from the outside, Maddie is obviously very successful with what she's doing on social media and as a content creator, recipe developer, and actual like business essentially of with what she's creating. But That does not mean she's exempt from all of these struggles. And so today's conversation is a deep dive into who is Maddie behind the scenes, which she shares already on her stories, but this was just like a nice long form Instagram story, I suppose, where we got to sit down, her in Vermont, me here in Austin, Texas via Zoom, and just have a really open and candid and vulnerable chat, honestly. Um, I'm so thankful that Maddie opened up about all the things that she did and we uh, talked a lot about sort of like the work and life balance and soul searching experiences but the gist of this conversation really sort of flows like this. Uh, We start by talking about Maddie leaving her corporate work and job but with that all of the doubt and fears and everything that was really just holding her back from ultimately making that decision until the day that she did and everything that comes with that and I thought that was an important topic to hit on because as you know if you listen to this show I recently just did a similar thing not from corporate but from a job that I was just holding on to for way 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 too long and I think sometimes we all need the reminder and the words that Maddie shares in this episode about honestly just knowing your worth and standing in it and knowing what you want for your life and making that decision sooner rather than later but then with that also what the experience is like for her to have such quick rapid growth on social media to be having viral content and this growing community and how that created you know a specific relationship with social media for her and so that was also an interesting aspect of it all And then we sort of dove more into the mental, emotional, health, wellness side of things. Um, Once again, super grateful that Maddie was open and talking about all this, but we had some really good chats about essentially soul-searching in your 20s, what it means to feel comparison, feeling guilty and shameful around rest and relaxation, what it's like to sort of work on that relationship to social media and the content you're taking in, getting to know yourself, therapy um struggling with like feeling alone and like you don't have people in your life or things to do when you go into like sort of hermit introvert mode and you don't know how to get out right you start feeling like anxiety about going out and then I think the last bit we talk about and all that is sort of Maddie's experience with struggling within the food and body image realm 
So very much so a let's not fall into diet culture (laughs) uh, convo there. And it was really inspiring, honestly, because she shares about, you know, getting more help and support in her own journey with recovery. And that's something I've been contemplating lately as well. So I'll leave the rest for you all to listen into, but just know that this is a jam-packed episode with so much good flow. Oh, and we do talk about White Lotus a bit. Um, I think I'll leave that. I was, you know, there's no need to edit out White Lotus chat. If we like the show, we like the show, so stay tuned for that as well. But overall, let us know if y'all listen, if you relate, if you enjoy this. Uh, Maddie is on Instagram at munchinwithmaddie underscore. And I'll have that link below for spelling purposes. And then I am on there at Emily Feichels. Either of us, both of us would love to connect, chat, etc. We do this for you all, for the community. And so we would love to connect. If you enjoy the show, you can share it with a friend, tag us on social media, any of the above, leave a review, whatever it may be. Supporting the show goes a long way. And so thank you regardless for just being here listening. Now, without further ado, let's jump into this conversation with Maddie. You have so much to share beyond just food. And so thank you for yeah coming on for that. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. I've only been on one podcast before, and that was like this time last year-ish. Um, so we'll see how it goes. But I'm excited because like you said, I feel like I do. Like there's such a big piece of me that I feel like I haven't been able to figure out how to share on like social media with my food stuff. So it's cool to have like other avenues to explore and just like oh, 100%. hear a little bit more about me. And I'm curious, I mean, we can just sort of like flow into things and I'll edit as needed. But when you were on that podcast last year, were you still at your corporate job or like when did big shift happen in your life to be like where you're at now? Okay. For some backstory, I started the job in October of 2021. And then it was like fine the first few months. And then I think end of January, beginning of February is where is when we start busy season in public accounting, like as auditors. So that's when it kind of took a turn a little bit. Um, So I decided to quit. I think it was the end of February, like February 28th or something like that. Of last year. Of 2022. Yeah. Okay. So I was in the middle of busy season when I decided to quit, which is pretty unprecedented and was so unlike me. Like my whole life, I was just the most risk averse person, like by the books, just like type A was so head down, focused on whatever I was doing. And so like to quit my first ever corporate job in the middle of busy season like five months in was just such an out-of-body experience and I don't think I ever would have been able to do it if it wasn't for like the support and encouragement of my now fiance because he's just so he's always been a very entrepreneurial person I can never say that word right it's (laughs) he's always just had that mindset of like take risks do what you love like don't follow the status quo kind of So it was really refreshing to have him in my ear, kind of just like encouraging me to do what I wanted and like, what's the worst that could happen? He always told me. Um, So yeah, I ended up quitting. It was, yeah, it was terrifying, but I don't have any regrets. And so that was almost a year ago. We're coming up on the one year anniversary. Yeah. (laughs) And I did that podcast. I think I did it when I was doing this full-time. So I think it was closer to like April or March. Um, But yeah, that's a little bit about the timeline. (laughs) I love. And I mean, I guess I'm curious, like when you felt like the urge, kind of like desire to leave your job, were there like, were there things holding you back? Like, were you telling yourself stories about like what would happen if you quit? Like, I guess, what was kind of holding you back from ultimately making that decision? Like, was it anxiety about specific things or just like what people would think about about you or whatever it is? Because I think that's a sticky situation a lot of people get caught in, myself included, mm-hmm. of like, I, I had said a year before, like in the fall of 2021, that I wanted to leave my job. And I didn't actually get around to doing it until this December of 2022. You know, so like, 
so many of us get stuck in that mindset of like, well, I can't quit or this will happen or what will they think? So I guess like, did any of that come up for you? And if so, how'd you move through that? Or was it just with the support of it's Kyle, right? Your fiance, yeah, Kyle. <laughs> was it just with the support of Kyle? Like, I guess, how did you ultimately get yourself to make that decision? Yeah. I mean, first of all, congrats. Like I know it took you a little <laughs> longer than you probably wanted to, but like, I'm proud of you. So thank you. <laughs> um, for me, yeah, there was like pretty much every limiting belief in the book. I would say I kind of felt like a quitter. Mm. So I was like, no, I just need to get through busy season. It's only like a few more months. But then I was like, if I get through busy season, I can just get through the rest of the year because, you know, the rest of the year won't be as difficult. It won't be as bad of hours. And so I took all my CPA exams I passed them all. I was kind of like advanced in that sense. Um, So I had finished all of those by the time 2022 rolled around. And in order to actually be like a certified CPA, you have to have a year of experience, I believe. So I was like, oh, I'll just wait till I get the year and then I'll at least be a CPA. So then if I ever want to go back, you know, it's like easier to make that transition. So it was all these like arbitrary timelines that I was setting in my head um, that were definitely holding me back. And then just fear, obviously, like, what if it doesn't work out? What if I can't make a living off of my Instagram or my food stuff? What if people judge me, like the people at my job or the people in my personal life or my family, literally everyone. I don't know. There was, there was so many things. There was like, there was definitely more things holding me back than there were pushing me forward. But like I said, I just trust Kyle. Like we've been together for eight years. So I just trust him with my whole life. And it was just the validation I really needed to like make the leap. A hundred percent. And while it's great to be like, you know, your own number one supporter and believe in yourself so fully that you can do anything. I don't think that's the case for a lot of us. So even having that one person, like your ride or die, whether it's, you know, a partner or a brother or a friend that just like, you know, at the end of the day, like they'll believe in you no matter what. And they'll, they'll be there to support you, whatever, like that can be so helpful in those situations because it can get so loud with the chatter in your head of like that same, like, yeah, I'm a quitter. Everything you said was my exact process for this past year. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just wild how we can really, I don't know, just let ourselves get so caught up in like the fear anxiety of it. I mean, it makes sense, but also, oof, that can be a lot to take on. So once, once you kind of quit and you got free of all that and you were doing things on your own, when did like, when did it hit you? Like, oh, I really have something with Instagram here and social media and content creation. And like, I guess, when did that really like kick off for you? Or did that before you quit the job? It started before. So I was like a slow burn for like the first year when I was studying for my CPA exams and just posting in my free time. It was still mm-hmm. static posts back then. And it was just like a slow burn. It took me a long time to get to a thousand. And I remember being so pumped, like doing giveaways at 1000, 2000, all of that. And then like right before busy season, I think think I started transitioning to reels and like I must have just gotten lucky because some of them were popping off like going mega viral millions of views and they were literally ones that I was filming when I got home from my work day it was dark out I was using a ring light just so like looking back they're just so janky but somehow they were popping off and they were popping off consistently and my account was just growing really fast um So by the time I quit, I guess like looking back on it, I probably could have waited longer. Like I only, Mm -hmm. I had 32,000 followers by the time I quit. So like in hindsight, I probably would have waited a little longer, but I I saw like it was growing thousands per week. And I was like, if this continues like this kind of momentum, I can definitely have something that's sustainable income for me. And like, I like it a lot more than my job. So might as well. I continued to get pretty lucky and I think like the, I mean, it compounds really. So like 
once you're at a certain level and like someone comes to your page and they see, oh, it's followed by all these other people, they're more likely to give you that follow than if mm-hmm. you're a teeny tiny account. So I had that working in my favor, but the transition really from like 50,000 to a hundred thousand was just so quick. Um, I didn't even really have time to process it, but I would say it was around like May is when I was getting enough brand deals that I was like, wow, this is like, definitely, I definitely feel comfortable doing this as my full-time job. Um, it's like surpassing what I used to make at my old job. And like, I'm having a lot more fun and I have so much freedom. Like I can, I mean, obviously I'm tied down to the kitchen, but outside of creating the recipe, I can do the rest wherever I want. I can go on a trip and I can prep things ahead of time and all of that. So ever since then, I've felt relatively confident in it. I mean, it's an ebb and flow for sure. And I, I bet, you know, the feeling of like social media can just play with your mind a little bit. You can be feeling something one day and then you're down the other day and you're just worried. You don't know what the future will look like. So I definitely still have those moments, but I'm just, I'm working on it. I'm in therapy. I'm trying to think about more of like the big picture and the long game and like, I don't know, have some perspective on it all. I think that's very smart. And I was going to ask you because once again, I think everyone, so many people have such a interesting relationship with social media, whether they're a creator or they're just on the app or a bit of both, you know, but to have such rapid growth that's not all just luck you are insanely talented both with your editing filming production but also your recipes like you blow me away with that and everybody like loves that but so it wasn't just luck but even so like with such rapid growth did you find yourself sort of like struggling with your relationship to social media like were you finding yourself kind of like trying to set boundaries with it or do you still struggle with that I guess how have you sort of managed to have this be such a big part of your life, your entire work essentially, and also sort of relate, like remain with boundaries and having all your other aspects of life, not disrupted by it, I suppose. Yeah, that's a great question. And I feel like I can answer it to a certain extent, but it's like something I'm still working through. So I want it to come off as if like, I totally know (laughs) what I'm doing. Like I have this perfect balance because that is most definitely not the case, but, um, I think it was hard with the rapid growth because I got so accustomed to it. Like just every video popping off, no matter what I posted and thousands of followers per week, that, that was just like my standard. That was the precedent. And that's what I held myself to. So if there was a time, a slow period where I wasn't getting that many followers or my videos weren't doing that well, like I, immediately saw it as like oh I'm doing something wrong like I have to work harder all of those things instead of just reminding myself that it's out of my control and like the algorithm ebbs and flows um so that was really hard and made my relationship with social media a little bit like toxic um and then of course like at the very beginning when I quit my job I was very much embracing like the freedom of this job and working less hours and just like prioritizing other areas of my life, I guess, and finding joy again. But then you kind of creep back into your old ways of just like overworking and trying to be productive 24 seven and all of those things that are very like characteristic of our American society. But Mm -hmm. I definitely found myself doing that. And then I, once again, had to take a step back and be like, I quit my job for a reason. I didn't want to be working those crazy hours. It made me anxious. It didn't leave me time to take care of myself. So why, why am I doing that again? Like, why am I, I don't have to be doing this. So I should stop. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that, that takes some navigating and it's still something I feel like I, I fall back into every so often. Um, Now I think I'm trying to set better boundaries about like screen time and especially on the weekends. It's hard because 
so much of my Instagram is like me Mm -hmm. and I want to share just life and the silly little things I do outside of food but I also want to be present in those things and I want to like just enjoy them with the people in my real life it's hard to do both so I've been taking for a while I was taking both weekend days off um like just logging out entirely which is very therapeutic um, sometimes I'll just take one day off or I'll log out at night on the weekdays, just, just those small little habits to try to spend less time on my screen and less time scrolling and comparing. A hundred percent. The comparison really creeps in there at times that yeah, I mean, it's not cute. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'll find myself all. So I've tried, I'm similar to you where I'm just like, I'm trying to work on a better relationship, but I haven't figured out like what exactly to do yet but I I tried setting like the the screen time reminders you know like oh your time is up like give me one more minute or whatever it is and I'll just find myself like continuously hitting like remind me in 15 minutes (laughs) I'm like Emily you can't do that you've been sitting here like doing nothing but just like watching other people's lives on their stories for like I don't even know how long now but you know with that I'm like I'm not just watching their lives there's also like a lot of internal comparison I'm doing and like beating myself up and I'm like this is this gotta stop yeah (laughs) like I'm so guilty of that yeah I mean I think it's just something that like our minds go to and I'm sure like for you too I can imagine like I know just today you were talking about how you want to sort of like shift your content style, right? Like there's just always something, I feel like our brains just always want something like new or different or like, Mm -hmm. we feel like we need to like shift this or do that. And I don't know. It's just like, sometimes it's like questioning, like where like that intention comes from, you know, like, I don't know. Sometimes I just feel like I'm getting so many ideas thrown into my head that I don't know what's actually me and what's just all this like outside influence I've been taking in, you know? Yeah. No, that literally just hit home for me so much because the other day, literally in therapy, I was saying how I'm craving more like personal connection on Instagram, like showing me more in my personality. And I, I told my therapist, I was like, I don't know if this is coming from the right place though. Like I can identify that there's a need there that I is not being met right now, but should I be meeting it at work or do I need to be meeting it outside of work some way? Like, and so we came to the conclusion that I definitely need more like in-person real life connections, um, which is something I feel like I knew I needed, but I just like hearing it in therapy was like reaffirming. And I was Uh like, yeah, I really got to work on this. (laughs) It's so hard. That's like a whole nother conversation in itself, but working from home and having no coworkers. And I just feel like I'm in such a bubble sometimes. Like Kyle also works from home. So it's literally just us all the time. And we don't have that many friends who stayed in Vermont. Like most Mm -hmm. people are up in Adam in Boston or New York city or whatever. So it's tough to navigate and like to make new friends at this age, which I'm sure you can relate to. Oh, a hundred percent. I'm I'm like currently fully remote work, work from home too. And I feel thankfully I do have, you know, like friends and stuff to do here in Austin. But even then, I feel like I, and maybe you can relate to this. I think I've gotten a bit too comfortable staying home (laughs) and being in my own little bubble because all, it was like the other night, my friend invited me out somewhere and all day I was like, yeah, yeah, like, that'll be great. I'll get out of the house. You know, I've been cooped up for the last few days, you know, like working, doing stuff, but nevertheless, like stuck in my apartment. Mm-hmm. And then it came around to start getting ready for the event. And I was like, I could just stay home and watch White Lotus and, you know, make my favorite dinner. And I was like, Emily, no, <laughs> like, I feel like lately I've just been like, just such an in- like introverted hermit. And I, I feel like I kind of need to push myself to go out and socialize a bit more and I know like I'm always posting on my stories when I'm with somebody but quite literally like I I do live on my own though so when I'm like home I'm like completely alone so even then like I feel like I need even more like outward social connection and I don't know it's just hard like once you get and I'm sure like in Vermont too like 
with snow season, that's just like a whole other level of home body yeah. energy. <laughs> There's not too much to do around here, especially if you aren't like a big winter sports person. <laughs> but I totally know what you mean. I'm the same way. We're all agree to plans. And then like right before I'm like, oh, no, I'm kind of nervous. I don't think I should do this. And I talk myself out of it. But I also just started white lotus like a few days ago. And I think so I'm good. a little bit behind schedule. But it's so I'm like just so confused. <laughs> We're only on episode four, so I don't like nothing big has happened yet. But every character, I'm just like you're weird. Of season one, yeah, yeah. I ended up finishing it this past weekend because I was just like, I need to get this. Invested. I was so con- yeah. I was like, I just I'm invested. Like I need to see what happens. And I was telling my friends who just started watching it, they were similar to you. They're like, I'm so confused by it. I don't know what's happening. I'm like, that's the magic of it. Cause you watch every episode and you're just like, what the hell? Like what's happening? I feel like it's just like a insane, like insanely chaotic show every episode, but Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, they definitely do their job, right. It makes you want to keep watching. Cause you're like, I need to figure (laughs) out like, what the story is here like what is going on I know I will say I feel like by the end of each season I still didn't know what the overarching plot was but I was entertained regardless so interesting (laughs) so there's only two seasons right now right uh yeah yeah the second season just came out I think that was like pretty recently so season three will probably be a hot minute but I was just um, gonna ask so like season two ended and like there's definitely gonna be a season three I think so. I was, I was doing my research after any good show. You're like, when's the next season out? And it looked like there was talk about season three, but yeah. In season two, like there's a little bit of crossover from season one, but it's nothing like, like you could watch season two without watching Mm -hmm. season one and you would still enjoy it. Like, so it's interesting that way. I don't know, but yeah, you guys are, I'm invested too. (laughs) Gotta keep going. No, truly. (laughs) No, I love it. Oh, I mean, and that's something we can talk about too, because you, wait, you're Capricorn, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I thought so. Um, Do you struggle with like turning off and just letting yourself relax in that sense of like being able to watch a show on HBO without simultaneously like editing or cleaning or doing something? You know what I mean? Like, are you, do you struggle to sort of unwind, like relax? Or is it something that like, you know, you've worked on and you're able to do it now? How does that work out for you? I'm still struggling (laughs) (laughs) trying to work on it, but not totally there yet. Um, There's definitely a lot of like guilt and shame that comes up when I try to spend time doing non-work related things or especially when I try to do those things like during the day when it's like untraditional, you know, like oh, I should be working X amount of hours per day. But theoretically with my job, I don't have to do that. But my brain is just so used to that. Um, So it's tough. And I'm, like I said, I don't want to like sound like I'm totally reliant on Kyle, but he's very different than me and like the way he thinks. So it's really just like nice to hear his perspective when I'm going through something. He just like really... I don't know, brings me down to earth. I've gotten to the point where I'll let myself do those things, like those quote unquote unproductive things, but there's still some ruminating about it. Um, So I think like I've crossed the first bridge, so I'll do it. Like I can sit down and watch TV and not have to be doing 10 other things at once, but my brain is still on and I'm still Mm -hmm. thinking like, oh, should I be doing something else? Should I be spending this time you know, being more productive. No, that makes sense. And I asked because I was like, she's a Capricorn. We love work. We <laughs> we tie Hot all of our <laughs> we tie all of our success, happiness, whatever to work and finances yes. and all of that. So I get that. But I'm curious because you mentioned like the guilt and shame part. And I think you said it pretty like nonchalantly. And I think like we could all say that pretty nonchalantly, but like that's a heavy emotion, you know, to feel like guilt, shame around something that's like such a natural aspect of life as relaxing, unwinding, like doing something for like pure enjoyment and not for anything else. I'm just curious if you've gotten like any advice or feedback with like your therapist or just from your own personal discovery of like how to work on that like guilt and shame piece of it. Because I think unfortunately that's such a common feeling, especially Mm -hmm. with women. 
And it's just, it's just not a great one. You know, nobody wants to feel that when you're trying to relax, you know, unwind, de-stress from like the crazy lives we all live. So I guess, is there anything you've like learned or tips or tricks that you've kind of done to help with that? Yeah, it's definitely come up a lot. Um, I swear, like every therapy session, I'm like, no, I just feel guilty for doing this. Even though I know it's right, I feel guilty. This is like sort of related to it. Um, One of her suggestions was to just like sit back and kind of brainstorm my values and like Mm. what I want to be remembered as, which sounds like so obvious, but for some reason, it's just work that I haven't really done, except maybe in school when it's like, those required assignments about your values, but yeah. Yeah. So that was really interesting to do. And after I did that, it was like my, I don't want to be remembered as the person who just cranked out three videos per day. Like that's not like something cool to be remembered as I want to be the person who like cared for themselves and in turn could care for other people better. And like a person who prioritized family time like I I don't really have a family yet but like you do you do (laughs) yeah so I don't know there's just like I try to remind myself in those moments when I feel that guilt that there's so many other things in life that are ultimately more important and like time on this earth is so limited we should not be spending it working all the time or thinking about work all the time it's just it's not a cute mindset, but I know a lot of us go through it. So I don't know. That wasn't super tangible, helpful advice, but it it is. I mean, at the end of the day, I think sometimes we just need that reminder of what you were just saying right there. Like we only have this one life. Like there is so much more to us than work or like for me, like kind of separating myself from like body image struggles or food struggles, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Right. Like any of us are so much more than like the work we do or the body we're in or how we look or how much money we make or where we live or anything like that. But you get, you can get so caught up in that. So I think like that is like a tangible, I mean, anyone can like sit down with pen and paper or they could just sit back and brainstorm like what, like, what are my values? Like what if my, you know, time were to come to an end soon, like that's morbid. Yeah. But like, what would I want my life to be like, you know, and how can I it's not always about making like these huge changes, but what are little things to like cultivate more joy or peace or family time or a new perspective or travel, like whatever it is, right? Like there's little ways we can make those changes. So I love that reminder and like tactic to do that. So that was a good one. And, and on those lines, like kind of once you've established the values to also brainstorm, like where are those values already showing up in my life that I can continue doing? And then where are there areas where it doesn't feel like what I'm doing is aligned with my values and how can I make those small little shifts to move towards, you know, your most authentic self, your most aligned self. You're 23 or 24, right? Yeah. I just turned 24. So on this like young, you know, I, I feel like there's like this new movement of like, there's so many people in our like young, young twenties, like starting this soul searching journey so much earlier than I think generations past did. And it's a lot sometimes like there's not like, there's a lots of resources, but it's also like, not like we have too many like people above us to like guide us in that way. So it's always interesting to hear what people are like moving through on their soul searching time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think it's so exciting that people are starting to like have these realizations earlier and like advocate for themselves and make changes and just like do the inner work like that's really exciting but like it's also hard like I'm not gonna sugarcoat it and you know it's just like icky it can feel so just like so much uncertainty so much unknowns and like that's the biggest thing for me is like I just don't feel confident about anything (laughs) like any decision I make or anything about myself. I don't know who I am. Like I'm soul searching. Mm -hmm. And I think I just put that in my bio because I guess not as much on my feed, but on my stories, I feel like I tap into that a lot. And I just like kind of show the realness of like not knowing anything about yourself, like just learning. And I just want people who find my page to like be aware of like and expect that kind of conversation. Um, and hopefully it'll 
it'll attract some people who are also going through like similar things. And we can, those are the best kinds of conversations like this one right now. It's like (laughs) when you have such similar shared experiences, it's so just like validating to, to talk to other people and to not feel alone because a majority, more people experience this than don't just a lot of people don't talk about it. So yeah, we're not alone, but sometimes we feel alone. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. It's yeah. What There's so many quotes about like the difference between being alone and feeling like loneliness, you know, and mm-hmm. it, it is nice. I mean, that's the beauty of social media. Right. And I think that's why like so many of us are still pulled to it and we, we stay on it and we, yeah. we do love it. And it's for all the times I am like, what am I doing on here? <laughs> I need, you know, like, oh, it's toxic, whatever. I'm like, no, it's, it's like my relationship to it needs to be worked on. But like these connections and like being able to go on Instagram and watch your stories. Like I have like in others, like there's just like this core group of people that I know we're like all on these like similar journeys. And I'm just like, usually whatever, like one of us is going through another one's going through and it just helps you feel like, yeah, like you said, sort of like validated and just seen yeah. and heard and it's not like, I don't know, sometimes all you need is to know that you're not like truly alone in an experience to give yourself sort of that like spark or kick to keep going and to like, I don't know, rally another day and get through it and stuff. So I, I so appreciate when people share that way. And I think that's why, you know, there's so, there's so many like food creators out there, but when I follow somebody that's like all recipes, it's for like those types of story, you know what I mean? Like when you can build that actual connection with somebody. And so it's so beautiful when people can do that, even if it's extremely like it can feel so vulnerable at times to do so. Yeah, I always have that immediate like self-doubt and regret when I post something vulnerable on my stories. And just today, someone about that story you were talking about, Mm -hmm. they responded and they were like, I just love how real you are. And I was like, you know, thank you for this. Thank you for sending me this message because I always second guess myself, even though it feels so true to me, but then I just, I just worry. And I think about what other people are going to think. Um, so it just feels good to know that like people actually appreciate authenticity, I guess. And I think that's part of the reason that I feel not super aligned with my in-feed content right now is because it's not vulnerable. Like it doesn't happen to that side of me. Um, which feels like just such a big piece of me specifically right now in this era of life. And yeah, it just doesn't feel me to not incorporate that. So we're going to brainstorm. We're going to experiment trying something new tomorrow. That's a voiceover. So we'll see how it goes. I love that. And I think there's something to be said too, for some, I feel like there's a lot of creators where it is sort of just like a work, you know, like they don't really show up on stories and yeah. people still love their content, but they're, they're, tr- they're, it's like their purely recipe development creation share. Then there are others who are like, yeah, there is that personable side to it. And it's like, if you're feeling the call to share in that way and you already are in your stories, like it can be, it's just so neat to be able to explore those different avenues of creation and sharing. And I feel like your community base will love that. So I'm excited so- for that. <laughs> There's definitely no right or wrong way. And I have to keep reminding myself of that because like you said, there's those people who are strictly recipes and they're super successful. And then there's the people who are more like lifestyle or they incorporate the two um, and they're equally as successful. So it's just trying to find like what feels the most you. And, you know, I'm sure some of my community won't like it. They will leave and that's fine. Honestly, I'm at the point where I'd rather have a tight knit community who actually like appreciates me in all aspects versus a really large community. So some people might leave and I'll make room for people who feel more aligned with me. So really truly, good truly. things are coming. Yes. <laughs> lucky, lucky girl syndrome or whatever that is yes. for 2023. <laughs> all the good things we're making it happen. Well, I love that. And I guess I just like a few last things to wrap up here you were, you know, you were mentioning earlier about the soul searching that you're on and everything. So what's, besides what we've talked about right now already, what would you say is like one lesson or something you have sort of discovered about yourself in the last few months as you've been going through this self-discovery journey? I think this might be a little bit broad, but 
my whole life, I just thought that working harder, doing more, all of those things, those were the only, that was the only avenue to success. Um, and I think I'm finally just at the point in life where I want to slow down. I want to do as little as possible while still like, you know, obviously there's some things you can't just be like, no, I'm going to stop doing them entirely. But like, I just want to do the bare minimum. And that is such a scary thing to even come out of my mouth because it feels so just like not me, but Mm -hmm. I want to learn to do that, I guess. Yeah. I I don't know. It's like, yeah, kind of just detaching like your worth from how hard you work kind of. Mm -hmm. No, that's, I mean, it's broad, but it's something that I think more and more people are like moving towards. A lot of us have been through the hustle culture shifts that have been for the past however many years. And I think there's like this new era of that like slower living moving in. And it's so refreshing, but it's also, as you said, it's kind of scary even saying those words, thinking those words. And I've had Mm -hmm. similar thoughts lately. And immediately I feel like my mind goes to like, then you're lazier, then you could be doing more, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but no, (laughs) like we, it doesn't have to be that way, you know? And so I love that for you. And I'm, I'm hopeful that like comes into fruition for you in 2023. Cause that would be, I think that's like such an ideal, you know, if, if you're feeling called to like that slower pace of living, like, I don't know, listen to it. Don't listen to like the societal standards and normals that are just like being shot into our ears all day, every day. Yeah. Let's pray. I'm, I'm manifesting it. Oh yes. Um, <laughs> for all of us, honestly. Yeah. I think once you also like, <laughs> when you start doing the inner work and like healing and growing, you get so passionate too about like wanting it for other people. (laughs) And you're like, no, like we need to abandon all these thoughts. We need to abandon diet culture. We need to abandon hustle culture. Like I just get like a little bit too aggressive about it. I think like, I don't know how to approach it in a positive way, but I just, (laughs) I guess at the end of the day, I want other people to be on this journey with me and like nobody else to go through the pain any longer. I just love it. Cause it's like, seems so like sweet and nice and you're like I can be too aggressive with like this self like I want everybody to be happy and healthy and well and I love that no it's true though you know <laughs> the dark side comes out <laughs> dark side of Maddie but it's true I mean like even like in conversations with people you know if you get on these topics I don't know about you but I'll find myself just like going off on another level of like talking about the like the work or like what this is or what that is and I'm like yeah Emily chill down like they're just they're just getting into this. Right. They're early on in the process and they don't even realize they're like doing or saying anything wrong or toxic. Yeah. Um, I, I find that especially relevant to like the whole body image food thing. Like it's crazy how much awareness I have now of like things that are thrown around all the time in conversation, like how toxic they are. And it takes everything in me to not like I said, get aggressive or say something or correct them. Um, I mean, I think there's a time and place definitely for those corrections and those teachings, but other times when it's like, okay, just they'll learn, they'll learn. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's like keeping like, you know, kind of keeping your peace too. You know, like if it's, if like, is this a conversation worth having in this moment or whatever? Is that something you struggled with? Like the body image, like relationship to food at all? Oh Yeah. That's like, I feel like I could talk about that forever. (laughs) Um, I'm actually like, I'm in a program right now with um, someone I follow on Instagram and she does like, it's called the unrestricted you program. So she does like kind of like a food freedom coaching type group situation. And I have done so much work already, but this was just like, I feel like it's just a little cherry on top to push me further and to actually have like well, first of all, to have the support of other people who are going through the same thing is really nice. And then also having her as like a literal coach, like someone who's an expert at this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have to just like try to self-guide. Um, 
I think this is going to be really helpful for me. And it's, I just started, it's like a 12 week program, but yeah, body image has always been a big thing for me. A lot of it, I think was like passed down to me from like family members and stuff. And food has been all over the place too. It's extra hard when food is my job because I have to be thinking about it a lot and I have to be around it a lot and all the things. Um, so yeah, I, I don't feel like I'm fully there yet, but I, I'm working on it and it's it's nice to be able to have like a platform to share about that in real time. Because I feel like a lot of times you just see people who are at the finish line, so to speak, like they did all the work, they're healed, they have a perfect relationship with food now. But it's like, that's not necessarily the most relatable thing to a lot of people because most people fall somewhere in the middle of that spectrum. Like they have awareness that there's something that needs to be fixed. Uh, maybe they've started doing a few things, but they're not all the way there yet. And the finish line seems really far away and unattainable for a lot of people, I think. So it's nice to just share in real time. And I've connected to a lot of people that way. And that's why I resonate with a lot of your content too. It's just like, we're all, we're all going through it. Sadly, I hope that future generations don't have to as much as we do, but. I think this generation's doing a lot of work so that future generations hopefully don't have to go through it as strongly as we have been is the program with Mallory Page no okay it's Rebecca Rosati okay okay I was gonna say I'll have to look and I can provide like some links for people below too but I I thank you for sharing that because I think there's not only is it like I I wish more people shared the process along the way like you said so that you can relate on that like day when you're randomly having a bad body image day or you randomly had this like tough interaction with your meal or food then you go on and you see somebody else is like working through it too once again Mm -hmm. you feel less alone but I also wish more people were sort of open about like the resources such as programs that help them yeah because that's even something I've been like thinking about lately but a big part of me feels this like insane like worry and anxiety about like what people would think if I started a program because I've been like doing this and in this space for so long now, Do, will they think that I'm like a failure and I've actually gone back in my recovery, but like similar to you, I'm, it would just be a benefit, you know, like it's, it's just like the more support I can get the better. So I don't know. It's just such an interesting mindset. And so thank you for sharing about that. And I think it's like an important reminder message to people that like, more support is always welcome. You know, like if you can, if you can get more help, more support in what you're struggling or going through, like all the better. And there doesn't have to be these like crazy emotions or thoughts around it, I suppose. So thank you for sharing about that. Yeah. I would love to like share more about the program too, like on my stories. I haven't really done that yet, but I know what you mean about it being scary to start. I felt that way because like, I consider my Instagram like a safe space of like balanced but not restrictive recipes. And I don't want people to think that like me doing this program means that I still have like a terrible relationship with food and I make recipes that are, you know, going to perpetuate that mindset. Cause I really don't think I do, although I'm sure there could be work done there as well, like improvements. But yeah, at the end of the day, like you got to crowd out the noise and just do what's best for you. And yeah, hopefully, I mean, if people are judging you for trying to better yourself or that's yeah, just, there's, that's there's, up. I know there's some issues there. They need to do some soul searching. Yeah. <laughs> that is very true. I need to remind myself of that a bit more often. So mm-hmm. that is very true. Yeah. I, I, I just love that. And also I know what you mean about like when you work in like a food setting and then you have these relationships, like that's a whole other level to it. So I can imagine that, but yeah, no, truly no. So that all being said, just thank you so, so much. And I guess for like our final, final question would be if you had to pick a favorite recipe of yours, oh, I <laughs> if you known can. This <laughs> or you can pick like 
I, you could pick like a seasonal favorite, you know, something that like this time of year is like your go-to. Let's, let's go with that. That might be a little bit more easy okay. to find out. <laughs> okay. So it's kind of in line with, I ju- with what I just posted today, but I've made like four or five fried rice recipes and they're not traditional fried rice by any means, but like they actually came about one day because I just had some random things left over in my fridge and I was like, I'm going to throw it all together. And I happened to record it while I was cooking and it just turned out to be one of my favorite meals ever. I make it all the time, whenever I've made it for other people, they love it too. So I guess I would say my fried rice recipes, the OG one is the chicken and Brussels sprouts one, which Ooh. I think is my favorite. There's just like so many veggies in there, but you can't even tell. Um, I love that. I, I love the fried rice recipes. So I guess I will pick those. <laughs> I love it. It's I like have picking your favorite child. It's hard to do. Oh, I can imagine. And I, it's funny I asked that question because I personally cannot pick favorites. I say it's like a quirk of mine, but I just refuse to pick favorites. But yeah. I love asking people that. And I'll have to look. I, I kid you not, half of my saved IG things are your recipes. Oh. And I'll like pull them up every now and then. And I know I have that Brussels sprout chicken fried rice one saved somewhere. And Deep in the archives. It's actually cold here in Austin. So I'm like, I need cozy food tonight. So yeah. that might You should definitely happen. try it and let me know what you think. I'm always like a little nervous, especially when it's like people I know who are making the <laughs> recipe because I'm like, oh my gosh, like what if they don't like it? And you know, everyone has different tastes and different preferences. Exactly. So like, I just get worried, but usually it's positive feedback. So, well, and what I always tell myself, and maybe this is because I'm also like, I cook, you know, I'm like, any recipe is meant to be, all recipes are meant to be adapted, you know? So if I make somebody's recipe, I'm like, oh, it needs like a bit more salt, or I think like it needs a little bit of lemon. Like, I'm not like, oh, that was a shit recipe. I'm just like, it's my taste different. Uh, Thank you so, so much for coming on today. And if people want to connect, follow along, try your amazing recipes, watch your stories, connect. Where can they find you and get all the goods at? Yeah, well, thank you for having me. This was like so fun and felt incredibly natural, which is crazy because first of all, I've only done one other podcast. And second of all, we've never actually like talked in real life besides social media. Um, It's just, this is a testament to how much we click. You guys can find me. My handle is Munchin with Maddie. Like there's no G in Munchin. And there's an underscore at the end, but I'm sure it'll pop up whether you add the underscore or not. That's my handle for Instagram. I'm also on TikTok. Those are kind of my two main ones and hoping to revamp my website this year and just like put a little bit more time into that. So then my recipes will have a home there too.